0: This is the best of daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Go to jfbelievers.com for more information. The Gospel of John, Chapter 6. Verse 47 says, Most certainly I tell you, he who believes in me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven, that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Yes, the bread which I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Now, these words of the Lord have become a massive divide between religion and faith between the mere churchgoer and the disciple. Denominations have literally been formed over these words as well as the rejection of them. Now certainly confusion over just what Jesus meant here continues to fuel debate even unto our present day. Was he speaking of the same ideal which he presented there in the upper room shortly before his arrest and martyrdom? Indeed, we would be hard-pressed to deny the connection. There is certainly something very critical here to all believers in this message. Jesus goes so far as to use that emphatic term, most assuredly, quote unquote. Obviously, we cannot literally consume the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ. So what is it that he wanted of us here? The overwhelming message certainly is one of simple beauty. And that is that our salvation does not come from church attendance or good works, even the Ten Commandments. Christ said that we must eat his flesh and drink his blood if we are to partake of his life. Therefore, the connection between Christ and us must be of the closest possible kind, so close that the partaking of the food we eat is an apt figure to express it. The food we consume becomes our blood and our flesh. It becomes our life, our It does so by our eating it, not by our talking about it, not by our looking at it, or standing back and admiring its nutritional properties. It only comes by eating it. So to believe in Jesus, therefore, has far greater ramifications than to acknowledge that, well, a man once walked this earth by the name of Jesus. No, salvation comes from the believing in Jesus. The hunger we feel in this world is only satisfied by the consuming of Christ, his essence, his holiness, his presence. It is the mystery of the one flesh, him in us and us in him, that which ushers us into the realm of discipleship, the grand fullness of a life in Christ. Now herein lies the life that is everlasting, the eternal fullness Jesus desires for his children. Notice that Jesus speaks here of the bread that he will give, his flesh that he would give. This is a fact because Jesus, he knew the impending cross was waiting for him. He knew that it would be this act, the giving of his flesh, that we must partake of, that we must participate in, in order to be one with him and to know the life he's offering. Romans 6.6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with. Now we must note that Jesus does more than just bring this bread of life. It is more than just a creed or a set of rules. No, he is the bread of life. Any individual or church that attempts to remove Jesus from the equation, well, they may have religion, but they will never have life. Verse 52 says, the Jews therefore contended with one another, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Now, many a searching man has been stopped in his tracks by that probing question of how can this be? Such a question is not bad. In fact, it actually should be encouraged. Scripture itself encourages understanding of the elements of faith, all of them. But when we approach this question, or in fact, really any question with the presupposition that we can somehow know the mind of God or that we can understand all the aspects of our Creator and His will and desire and path, we're ultimately gonna be disappointed. Scripture tells us, Job 9.10, He does great things past finding out, marvelous things without knowing. Romans 11.33, Oh, the depths of his riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past tracing out. Job eleven seven through 9. Can you fathom the mystery of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are as high as heaven. What can you do? They are deeper than Sheol. What can you know? It's a measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. For many, the absence of a complete and humanistic understanding is prohibitive to their faith. They say they cannot understand or even that such is not even meant to understand so they will not place their trust in God. Yet we practice and utilize any number of things every day for which we have little or no understanding. Electricity is a classic example, I mean, few of us can grasp the intricacies of electrical current, yet we're quite willing to flip the light switch on this morning and turn on the coffee maker, aren't we? How about your automobile? How about the plane that we're a passenger on, or the television we watch at home? So listen, the claim that we cannot believe because we do not understand how and why, it's a rather poor excuse that eventually fails the test. These folks were, no doubt, like we often are, with an innate sense that to accept such ideals would, well, have a fair impact upon our lives and thus were quite leery to do so. The fact is, the only way to know what the top of Mount Everest is like is to climb it. The only way to truly know what being a Christian is like is to actually cross over and be one. But the question lies, Herein, do you really want that change? Do you want God in your life and do you want life and the eternity of a reborn child of God? Those with Jesus found it far more advantageous to simply argue and debate each other. Wow, sound familiar? Sometimes it seems when I read scripture that mankind has changed little in the past 2,000 years. Even now, the world wants to argue about what he said. Debate what its importance is and rationalize about what he meant. It would be as if we set out to scrutinize our house key. And looking at it, we just wonder how it was made and the quality of its construction and the cost and the materials and, and of course, its social impact. All while we are unlocking and locking our door every day for months on end. Look, all I know is it's a good key because it unlocks my front door. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.